With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Talkscapers Podcast. My name is Sybil. Today, my co-host is Jed. Say hello, Jed. Hey, evening, mate. How you doing? Very well. And we've got a special guest tonight. We've got Harry Purdy, a.k.a. the grassroots guy, uh, who's also a Chelsea fan, as well as sort of like doing a lot of grassroots stuff. Um, so if you've been reading the news yesterday from when this podcast comes out, you'd have seen the sanctions that have happened to Chelsea. And we've just been kind of talking about that just before we've hit record and I just want to yeah. carry on a conversation Harry um, so I'd imagine it's been a it's been a wild news day for you or, or many Chelsea fans <laughs> it's it's so fresh and like such a volatile situation that of course Chelsea fans find themselves in um, obviously you see bad press from Chelsea fans regarding singing about Roman Abramovich at the Burnley game last week but I can honestly say that throughout my newsfeed, like the good Chelsea fans that I follow, it's just about the club. Like the last 20 years has been absolutely insane. Like my dad was a Chelsea fan following Chelsea up and down the country when they were in Division 2 playing against Carlisle, you know? So like it's it's ingrained in us. And to punish the fans like they've done, like really, that's my only, like I get the Roman Abramovich thing, yes, like the assets there there's potential that that could go into Russian pockets um but like the mega stores closed now the bars around the ground are closed now that's jobs that's British people's jobs people aren't earning money now I'm a trade unionist as well so I work for a trade union so um I'm always going to be looking after the workers in this country and I think that they're um as much as I agree with a lot of the sanctions that have been put in place towards Roman he said that the sale of the club all of the money he's going to put towards the hu- humanitarian um, crisis in Ukraine. And now he's basically been told he can't sell. So, and also um, maybe with a biased pair of sunglasses on, I can't remember many other football owners in the UK sticking their neck out during the COVID-19 crisis. He offered the stadium to NHS staff. He gave rooms to the NHS for people who were working in London. He gave money. 
He paid Chelsea's workers throughout the crisis. Um, and yes, there's links like unproven links to Vladimir Putin that again, like I really hope they're not true um, because of all the good work he's done. But I mean, there's a lot of blinkers from the government, uh, the Premier League. Like, I mean, there's a little bit of an anti-Chelsea agenda potentially. <laughs> I'm not going to say whether there is or there isn't, but Jesus, like you've only got to look at some of the, um, just some of the snapshots from the last few weeks to see we're not liked. Like it's as simple as that. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, list off those sanctions just so the listeners are absolutely clear if they've not read in depth and this I just want to just lay down the sanctions so um, Chelsea are now banned from offering new can- contracts to players or staff um, obviously the key players that are that are going to be at risk now have been sort of poached away are Antonio Rudiger one of the best centre-backs in the world um, Andreas Christensen a very promising centre-back and obviously suits a Tuchel system which is um will be a blow for Tuchel if he goes, I think. And he, he's had Barcelona and Real Madrid sniff, sniffing about him as well. So, uh, And obviously Cesar Azpilicueta, who I believe is probably going to move on, or, or at least only do probably one or two more years at Chelsea. Um, so that, that affects that. Um, conducted any transfer business. This includes the women's side as well. Um, selling new tickets for any game, um, including the women and junior sides. Only season ticket holders and existing ticket holders will be able to attend matches from, from today onwards. Um, selling merchandise to vans, they're now banned from that. Um, existing merchandise can be sold via third parties. So if um, there's any online websites that are not directly owned by Chelsea that are sell, selling Chelsea, Chelsea merchandise, you can go buy that. Uh, no, stadium, no, no work in the stadium. Uh, or redevelopment is, is supposed to start from this day onwards. Uh, they cannot spend over £500,000 on security, stewarding or catering, cost per home match. Uh, I don't know if they do that. I, would, I think that would be quite a lot anyway. Uh, but the, this this one's going to be difficult because they, they can only spend £20,000 in expenses per away game. Okay, that, that includes your flights, your buses, and that. And I don't think that even covers the the coach driver, you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> but those are the sanctions. That is top to bottom the sanctions of Chelsea Football Club right now. Okay, um, Harry, you've obviously given us some of your thoughts there. Um, where I probably stand on it, I'm, I'm glad there's sanctions being put on in terms of until things are cleared up. I think that's probably the right thing to do. How it affects normal people, I'm not really a fan of. I, I probably would have thought that Chelsea Football Club, Football Club as an asset would, would have been seized and handed over in some sort of caretaker by maybe, I don't know, FA or Premier League or whatever to keep things ticking over at the very least. Um, obviously, Roman's trying to do a quick sale. There's a lot of, there's a lot of public publicly interested billionaire buyers that are mm. interested in purchasing um, Chelsea. In terms of, there's no actual sanction for, no in-writing sanction that I think that... that, that um, Abramovich cannot sell the club. Abramovich cannot make money from selling That's Chelsea correct. Football Club. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think if the if he communicates with the government and they everybody's happy that those th- those funds don't don't go into Abramovich's pocket, I think he might still be on uh, like able to um, unload the club. Um, 
and I think that might be something that we might see as well is that we actually see the club change hands and, and not to him because these, san- these sanctions I mean we, we have no idea how long the war on Ukraine is going to come on you don't come into the total screamers to hear about <laughs> politics because we are we are just not um, we're not we're not at that level of uh, um, journalism shall we say but yeah 100% obviously I think it's a, it's a difficult one and obviously this is this is ours old news for us I know it's people will be listening to this the day after but this is ours old old, old news for us so I'm kind of still processing it I didn't think the sanctions actual football and level sanctions to Chelsea would be this harsh I must say it I've, I always struggle when politics gets dragged into football um, I think you've only got to look back to uh, the um, the Super League when that got mentioned in, in Parliament and look for the right reasons, I guess, but also football fans, 90% of football fans want football to be away from um, like the negative news, if you like. And sometimes, yeah, your club, your club can bring you that negative news. No, no worries. And when you're a Chelsea fan, don't get me wrong, as successful as we've been, we're never five minutes away from a calamity. Mm. it's just the way it is with managers with players um with like the the super league that happened last year and obviously with the chelsea fans protesting and it just it is literally like as much as it's really frustrating it's another day in the life of being a chelsea fan today but probably the most serious that i've i'm 29 like i'm lucky i've seen (laughs) seen chelsea do things that we never thought anybody would see chelsea do however it's scary because we've been brought into something, fans have been brought into something that we've got no influence over, no influence over whatsoever. And how, like, I'm a member and I go to a lot of games for a member, home and away, um, and I can't go and watch my team now. And that's scary. Mm. For what? Yeah. For what, for what it's, reason? It's really it's really harsh when you, you think about it, um, that the fans haven't really been considered at all. I mean, it, they, they're letting season ticket holders in, like you said earlier. But to not have any ticket sales t- at all um, for future matches, it just seems a bit a bit weird. And even the match day experience is going to be just worse off if there's you're not able to buy anything in the ground. Like it is, it's going to have a massive impact, isn't it? On I mean, on Chelsea fans. I think it's crazy because a season ticket's thousands of pounds for a Premier League club these days. Thousands, mm. and it, well, I'd imagine it's in the realm of probably what for Chelsea uh, above two thousand pounds. Yeah. Yeah, around the two thousand pound mark. Yeah, for, that's, for that's like crazy. West Ham, yeah, a lot of a lot of people, a lot of regular folks can probably only go see the, if Chelsea as a club maybe twice a month if they're if they're sort of lucky, right? And uh, maybe that's something that's that's important to them and their sort of family life and that. And I think you know if it was, and at the end of the day, fans don't really control ownership. <laughs> they don't really care the majority of time, and it's not as if. Chelsea are the only club in the world that have got less than reputable owners in, in football. I mean, you don't need to look far in, in, in the Premier League to, to find, you know, questionable ownership in the Premier League. Um, so I don't, even though it's a sort of like a, a neutral, I, don't, I wouldn't pile in and, and it's, it's, this is a Chelsea exclusive thing. It just happens that Chelsea are in a cycle where the, the current news cycle is related to that. And I, it's, uh, it's definitely a weird one. I don't understand the the limitation of fans attending games and I think that's money that that money could be spent and put and locked away from Abramovich quite easily do you know that, that could yeah, be you can you could do that with anything though couldn't you even like the merchandise from the club shop for example you know yeah, yeah they could 
that money can be can be taken or frozen or something um, to stop him from from having it if, if that's what they have to do. Um, it seems I don't know whether whether to call it over the top because I mean we're not we haven't typically seen this situation happen before. No, this is um, this is the first in, in my lifetime that, are, so, that clubs assets have been seized yeah, yeah. in a British country at the very least. So, this is the first time in yeah. my lifetime, or maybe yeah, all of us. It's, <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Because we have we have nothing to judge it. For. By um, like punishment-wise or sanction-wise, but it, it does seem over the top and overly harsh on on the supporters. Who, at the end of the day, I'm sure the majority of them are against what's happening in, in the Ukraine at the moment. And you know, bar the few that were singing at, at, at Burnley, um, I disagree with that. Obviously, um, yeah. but I'm sure uh, you know, like I said, most of, most of the Chelsea fans are against what's happening. And, um, and are now going to be penalised here for something that's way beyond their control. Um, mm-hmm. And it could have a massive knock-on effect on the club itself as well in terms of players like you highlighted earlier as well, Summer. Mm. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. and the, the other thing, I uh, like in regards to the sanctions, um, travel to games. I mean, look, we all know that the players earn a lot of money. However, we all know that they're in massively high-profile jobs. Um, you see the abuse that they get whether that be in person, online. Is it really like, again, it's just me thinking out loud, really. Is it really safe? And is it really like clever of that sanction to be in place for these players to be put into a scenario where maybe they've got to use public transport with Joe Joe Public, um, hotels without the security that they necessarily need? Like it only takes one idiot to like genuinely harm a, a professional player as we've seen in the past with like bricks been thrown through buses i mean look i'm i'm clinging i am clutching onto straws a little bit in regards to the argument here in some respects but i think you understand my point like i think it's a valid point yeah, yeah. i mean you cannot just like load the entire chelsea football team and a ryanair or something yeah. and <laughs> on the on the tube or yeah because you, you know? yeah on the tube to the to to play fucking <laughs> throw or something it's yeah. uh <laughs> It's, it's, it's quite ludicrous, to be one. honest. Um, yeah. Because, like you said, I mean, it's you, we're not saying that football football fans are idiots by any means, but, like, it's such a popular game that there is a few lunatics out there that, that, that would that would look to harm a player. We've seen it, you know, I've seen, I don't know, less than a year or two ago, someone jump on a pitch and try and, like, sort of give Jack Grealish a slap. And that's the yeah. one that comes yeah. to mind, you know? And, 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 you know, how many... For every thousands of football fans, is that like there's that there's that lunatic out there exists? So, I think it's a, I think it's a fair point, Harry. To be honest, I just don't know how to process it. I don't really quite understand right now. Is that the right thing? I know everybody in their right mind is, is against this illegal war in Ukraine, hundred percent. I don't really understand how that coincides to a regular Chelsea fan who's of. Who, who probably thinks the same as us and thinks that's a horrendous war ordeal and hopes for a resolution as soon as possible can't go to their football match and how those two things are quite like are, are linked do you know yeah and I've, like like we've said it's the first time ever um obviously it would be chelsea because it's just the way that it works <laughs> like god um and yeah, like I, I obviously the the quicker this gets resolved, the better. And what a it's just such a shit. Like I go take the Ukraine Russia situation out of it. Roman Abramovich, as a Chelsea fan, has done so much for our club. 
we're I'm pretty sure this year actually people say we're self-sustainable but this year I think was the only year that we've not registered either breaking even or with a little bit of a profit in a good few years um I think I read that Chelsea's profits from last year alone was 463 million that's that's insane (laughs) And like and and again, like without going into the football side of things too much, but when you look at um, people labelling us as like the big spenders and stuff, those days have gone. Like the money we we gain from player sales from the academy as well, which is another thing that he's massively boosted. Don't get me wrong. Yes, we go after every great player, every great young player in Europe we're in the midst for. And whether they make it with us or not, you've only got to look at Brozier. Like Brozier last year hadn't played a senior game of football for Chelsea, played senior games in Holland. Yeah. And he's gone gone to Southampton and he's proven that he's like, what, top, top 20 Premier League strikers this year without oh, a game yeah. in the Premier League. Oh, so- yeah. I mean, I was, <laughs> I would just say that I thought it was quite ironic that you went and bought Lukaku and then you loan out Broha, who uh, looks like a very Lukaku-type striker. So if yeah. you're looking for a, a player in that sort of mould who's like shown obviously a lot of potential, but it's not going to cost you like nearly £100 million. Pounds. <laughs> he's, and- he's now played for Southampton. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. And like you've only, of course, when like Roman t- took over and we were signing like the likes of Glenn Johnson, uh, Damien Duff, Crespo, like, yeah, there was money spent and it was to get us up to a pedestal that Roman Abramovich wanted. Yeah, he wanted Chelsea to win the Champions League. He wanted Chelsea to eventually become world champions. Um, and we did that by spending money. What he's done since though, with regards to getting a structure in place at the club where we have so like you've only got to look at um god i've forgotten his name the lad that went to brighton the right wing back tyreek lamptey lamptey he left chelsea because he knew he weren't going to play but you look at how good he is and then you look at the players that have stepped in instead of him reese james on loan on loan at wigan like honestly i don't think there's Conor Gallagher is, is another one for Conor, me as yeah. well um, Patrick Bamford, a product of Chelsea's, but I think went on loan four or five times as a, as a Chelsea player. Yeah. Um, before he finally decided to to move on permanently. But there's a, there's actually some some yes. loan rules coming in, whereas a, a team can't have I think yes. it's more than three players over the tw- over the age of twenty one that are out on loan. And I think Chelsea currently has eleven players over the age of twenty one mm. out on loan or in or well, loaned in or something as well. We've, we've got um at Coventry we've got two players on loan from Chelsea this season. I don't mm. think they're both I don't think both of them are over twenty one. But we've mm. got uh, Jake Clark Salter and Ian Matson, mm. um both defenders. They're like uh, excellent products of, of the Chelsea Academy as well. Um so you can you can definitely see like Harry said the the work that Abramovich has put in there to to build that club up uh, and make them the club they are today. Um, and I think other teams are trying to sort of follow that as well. Um, with like the kind of setup that Man City have where they have this big complex and, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to create an academy that's going to produce players. Mm. And we're finally starting to see that come to fruition with, with Chelsea now where, they, where they're like actually getting Phil in Foden. the first team yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, Phil Foden, yeah. Sancho. And the, Pep has gave a few starts to, to, to a few other players this season as well. Um, was it e- Egan Riley played last night for yeah, City? Yeah, I was going to say, Sunday? yeah. Yeah, I was um oh, the other boy can't remember his name off the top of my head. Striker. Uh can't remember his name, but he, he played as well in a, a Champions League fixture. So I I mean I mean I would say City spending consequentially, as in they don't even look to offload players and they're not really concerned about 
profit at all. Whereas I would say maybe Chelsea have been a, a bit slight, slightly smarter in, a, in a, oh, their outgoing business in terms of like making money that way. Um, they definitely have been. Um, but I think we should move on, boys, because it's, it's get we're twenty yeah. minutes in, and I want to I want to get learn a little bit about you, Harry. So yeah, you can't scoot, guy. Yeah. Well, um, you're we about... need to take the stress away from me talking about Chelsea. <laughs> today, yeah. I think we've uh, we've chipped away at that, and uh, we've got our thoughts out there. So yeah, Harry, you're the grassroots guy. You started the podcast. You're about have forty two episodes last time. Matt. Last week I gave you an episode a listen. It was an interview. Um, you were about episode forty two. I don't know if you've recorded since then, but yeah, how how are you liking being a being a podcaster? <laughs> uh, do you know what? I love it. Um, people look obviously people look back at uh, COVID and the lockdowns with like some fond memories and obviously some real down memories, and it actually just gave me the pure drive and motivation to go after what I really wanted in life. Um, I love talking about sport <laughs> as you've probably worked out in the first 20 minutes mm-hmm. of this podcast. I love talking um, about anything, like honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, if you can talk about something with a passion that you've got, um, yeah, then why not? And I love it. Like I literally love it. And I appreciate you guys having me on your podcast this evening. Oh, absolutely. Uh, me, me and you have that in pleasure, common. This, this, uh, this podcast, Talk Schemers, was born in lockdown as well. Um, and like yourself, I actually started pursuing it. I, I ended my military career to pursue this. I'm now in full-time unit education, learning oh. about broadcasting, uh, and it's good. And I'm like, the same as you, I'd like to like to sort of pursue a career in, in sports media. And um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely worth doing for anybody for anybody, anybody out there listening. Um, what do you do aside from so the grassroots guy? Where did, where did that sort of idea come from? Is it is it an idea you always had, or did it just kind of? When you're I remember, like, okay, I want to start a podcast. I need a, I need a song. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> where did it start? It was so, like, if we talk about, I always knew that I wanted to make some form of content. So I'm a mm-hmm. massive, I've, through my life, I've played football manager, like, hugely. Um, <laughs> I love it. Like, it's probably the, the best game that will and ever be created, right? In I my agree. opinion. Um, <laughs> so. I used to make content blogs and then I streamed for a bit. I'm going to make this bit of the story quite short, but never really like as much as I was producing content and I would stream, it was, it was never really hitting a nail on the head of what I wanted to achieve. If you like, um, throughout that period as well, like whilst I was kind of developing a little bit, getting a little bit more grown up, I was on a bit of a fitness and health drive, um, which, of where I was at like 23 stone and have got myself down to around 15 stone mark. And, um, yeah, yeah. And, um, Some effort that is. That is, yeah, that is a good effort. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, lads. And um, I'm now sharing that with other people. So I do a little bit of um, like coaching, like uh, fat loss and wellbeing, health, health coaching on the side. Um, and also, as well as that, I ran a football team for seven years. Um, which I'm actually where, hold on wearing tonight, uh, Montacute <laughs> Football Club um, men's team. I started running them as a manager when I was 18, um, and then we ended up doing really well um, and eventually folded. So chuck all that into a bucket. I, I was like, <laughs> right, where am I going to take this content? And I was just on a lockdown walk as it was with one of my friends, and I was like, obviously I've been involved with grassroots. I'm now doing a little bit of coaching, like the grassroots guy. And it yeah. kind of, of of course, there's a cheesy element to it. I'm not um, going to beat around the bush with that. And sometimes I'm like, oh, do I need to change it up a little bit now? Because it's becoming a little bit more professional, if you like. But people like it. So if people like it, why not keep it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I remember when, when we did 
it was only two of us. It was me and Jake, and then we got Jed. Jed was the first guy we ever interviewed. We had when we started it, we was like with total screamers, and we had like maybe twenty or thirty followers on Twitter. Jed's the only guy that would come on for an interview. <laughs> <laughs> and then he came on, and then we were like, "Can you come back on? No one else will come on." And then uh, we're like, "Can you join the podcast?" And he did. And I had nothing like, better to do, mate. Yeah, you had nothing better to do. do. You're in lockdown as well. <laughs> yeah, my my I mean that only come about for me through lockdown as well because I started a Twitter account just to get involved in the football shirt community. Um, yeah. So yeah, it only come about for me through that as well because obviously you guys saw me in message um and I had nothing better to do. So <laughs> I wonder how many podcasts were born in lockdown? I wonder how many oh, podcasters born and died in lockdown. I've seen a lot, a lot of guys that were kind of started podcasting around the same time as us that actually folded because they couldn't keep up the sort of, you know, the just keeping up with all the news, watching all the games, and then coming on and talking about it every every sort of week or whatever. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah, it'd be interesting. To think I think there it. is a stat that like um, only one in twenty make it part. Or, no, it's something to do with the twentieth episode. Only one podcast in a hundred makes it past the twentieth episode. Like, Whoa, don't quote me on this. Don't quote. I'd imagine that, it is that, something but, like that. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it really, seems pretty realistic. Yeah. Because it's a commitment, as you guys are aware. Like, thing mm-hmm. life gets in the way. Um, only recently, like, if you have a cancellation, or it's not as though you can just book your net. Of, of course, you can message your pals and get them on. But when you're mm-hmm. aiming, aiming to mm-hmm. kind of mix up a little bit, like with different sports, which I do, and I ch- I do um, have guests on that speak about general self development and mental yeah. health and things like that as well. Um, when you want to speak to people who have not i don't mean this in a rude way but have something to offer you it is a commitment like to book in advance make sure the same evening every week's free which is obviously what you have in common with me like you record on thursdays i try and record as much as possible on mondays um but yeah it's a commitment and but i literally love it and it's given me as much as it's probably given you as well a little bit of a platform like for me and my business people listen to me on the podcast and if they like me they probably want to find out a bit more about me like my story with my weight loss with my football blah 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 and it's the same with you like when you if when you branch out professionally with your broadcasting this is where it started right yeah absolutely <laughs> every story has a, a new beginning uh, I got into semi-professional football just just through this, just surely through, through Screamers. Jed's been on the radio a couple of times. We've wow, seen Coventry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Coventry, watch. I mean, we've had like we've had uh, connections with you know some some really big guests on on the podcast. Yeah, authors, um, and, and we've you know, had sponsorship, and we've done charity work and, and stuff like that all through this. And it's like stuff that you never really get the opportunity to do. Um, if you're, it's a no-brainer. You know, I don't know why do more people like this, don't so, do it. Yeah. You know, because all you need is one of yeah. these, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A headphone, and then you're, you're good to go, you know? <laughs> 100%. Uh, just going to Coventry quickly. Um, on my podcast yet, I had Charlie Wakefield. Oh, yeah. Who yeah. Um, is now at Yeovil, which is where I'm based. Um, yeah. And yeah. What, what, like, he's a great lad. Was he, what did he do? How was he at Coventry? Do you remember um, Yeah, I do remember him, actually. He come in. Uh, we were in League One when we signed him. I think Chelsea had let him go. Um, he come in, made a few substitution, made a few substitute appearances. Uh, he looked quite lively, but I, I guess just didn't have enough uh, for us to keep him because he wasn't at the club very long. I think we only had him yeah. for about a year, maybe. Um, but I always remember he he come on. We had this mental game where we beat Sunderland five four, 
at uh, the Stadium of Light. And he come on that day, and I think he set up the fifth goal. Um, he's, he he seems like a decent enough player, but yeah. Uh, how's he's he getting on it? How's he's he getting head on when we're in League One, like you're not heading back there eventually, Jed. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, mate. I, I, I don't know if you. I don't know if you. If you've been following us, similar this season, we're we're doing pretty well in the championship. We're yeah, not, mate, not second, season yeah. second season syndrome. Second season syndrome is going to get you. Yeah, this is our second season. It's, it's been it's better. Yeah, we, we do better in the second. We do better in second seasons. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we're right a minute. <laughs> yeah. I, I I will openly admit, obviously Chelsea's my first love, and I'll always keep an eye on Yeovil because they. I swear, like the the ground is ten minutes away from where I live. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. He's too good for the Vanarama League, but I know that yeah. the guy carries um, carries some injuries, like real real bad hamstrings. So obviously, in regards to the step uh, up, yeah. I don't know whether te- teams will take a gamble on him. But I really wish him the best of luck. He was a lovely lad, and I also realised Simo that I did naturally jump into asking a question then which just comes with hosting You're a podcast straight into host so. mode mate we have yeah, this with yeah. another podcast come on they immediately want to go into host mode <laughs> I'll hand the reins back you've got it, mate. <laughs> um, no actually Harry I think we're coming up to that half an hour point and Chelsea are about to kick off in one minute and I'd imagine you want to go see that so before we finish up mate I just want you to Tell everybody where you where they can find you and find your content. Find you if you get any business stuff you want to plug plug away, mate. Uh, yeah, um, that would be amazing. Thank you. So you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the Grassroots Guy Podcast. Um, you'll see me in my big smiley face or a um, or a white logo with GG on it. Um, if anybody's got any questions in regards to anything health and well being, maybe they're struggling with um, not feeling one hundred percent. Um, wanting to do a little bit better with themselves and like their life, then I definitely am the guy like without blowing my own trumpet. Um, so yeah. And in regards to uh, my, my business stuff, please give the podcast a listen. Um, I've had professional footballers, cricketers, rugby players, um, mental health professionals, sleep coaches, all sorts of wacky um, conversations on even a, a, a Shire monk, which was genuinely fascinating to <laughs> speak to him speak to a monk about like mindfulness well-being looking after yourself and all that sort of thing so yeah that's me thank you brilliant brilliant <laughs> powerful powerful from harry there thank you very much for coming on harry uh thank you very much for the listeners for tuning in uh we'll be back next week back on monday to bring you a premier league review thank you very much to jed for joining me and we shall see you on the next one Cheer sports social podcast network with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.